two-part episode of the Founder Thesis podcast in which your host, Akshaydat, interviews Mohit Garg, founder of MindTickle and Oloid. In the first part, Mohit spoke about his journey with B2B SaaS unicorn MindTickle. Listen on to hear about Mohit's journey building his second startup, Oloid. Oloid is also a US-focused enterprise business solving the problem of physical access in buildings. Stay tuned and subscribe to the Founder Thesis podcast on any audio streaming app to learn how to build globally disruptive businesses from India. Okay, okay. So you uh, like stopped playing an operational role uh, and became more of an advisor. Right, that's right. At that point, I had met my co-founder now, Madhu, and he and I had been friends for several years. And he was doing a very interesting startup, which uh, he needed help with on go-to-market. So he was seeking out, uh, reaching out to me for advice. And, you know, I was so impressed with the tech stack that he had built around uh, Bluetooth access technology uh, as, you know, a one founder with two engineers, he had 4 million downloads of his application using his Bluetooth technology, right? So I was... What was it? Can you describe that product? Yeah, so he had built a product for making hotel room access wireless. So as opposed to using key cards when you go to a hotel, he had developed an SDK which went into the, let's say, mobile app of Taj, and you go to a Taj hotel, like many of us experiences in Marriott's, you can directly go to your room and you don't have to go to the front desk. So huge amounts of operational efficiency, huge amounts of user experience improvements. And, you know, I, I was very impressed with the technology that he had built. And I could personally connect with the promise of frictionless access to buildings and physical spaces. Hotel market was a tough market to sell into, and he was struggling just in terms of how they would treat vendors and not provide the right kind of rewards for his efforts. And while I was advising him on go to market, I kept on telling him that there's a much bigger play in enterprise, there's a much bigger play in the office space. There is so much automation that's starting to happen with co working spaces and coming off. You know, the modern mobile smartphones companies are giving their own phones and devices. Uh, digital identity in terms of username, passwords is becoming more single sign-on. So I did believe that you have to build a different company. Whether you build it for consumer or for enterprise, it's not the same company. So he said, enterprise is interesting, but I don't know enterprise. And I knew enterprise, that's where I come from. So we agreed that if you were to do it together, we'd do it completely fresh. So he brought his technology stack and technology prowess with him. And we uh, started afresh uh, as co-founders. Uh, I discussed this with one of my friends, who was my classmate at Stanford 20 years back. And he also came in as a co-founder to lead engineering. My co-founder Madhu took the CTO role. Uh, and we founded Oloid uh, to be the single sign-on for physical identity. So what that means, very simply put, is we have G Suite username and password, gives us access to drive, email, 
you know, spreadsheets and whatnot, have a similar concept for physical workspaces. So whether it's door, turnstiles, time clocks, the same physical identity should give you access to all the resources and infrastructure. So just think about there's so many manual processes. We're waiting in queues to, to get services in a workplace or in a building, which can be automated. And smartphone is pervasive today. We got super excited about it. In fact, the the company name that we coined, Oloid, uh, it is online linked offline identity. So I have my online identity username password. So we talk about uh, when we talk to customers, say, how cool would it be if I could use open this door with my G Suite username password? You actually can do that with a technology stack, right? So it's your taking the online concept of seamless username passwordless access and taking that to the physical world that we got excited about so what was the mvp uh, i i can understand from the the user who's accessing uh, for him it's like a like an sdk which can get integrated into a mobile app like say a marriott app could have that as you give an example but what about from the uh, enterprise side like say the the on, on Marriott's side, what would they need to do? Or uh, on a company's side, what would they need to do to enable this? Interestingly, our first product was not a Bluetooth or mobile access product. It ended up being a facial recognition-based product. So our MVP came from huge pain point in factories around use of badges where workers would come in at 9 a.m., and they would bring their buddies card with them. They swipe theirs, they swipe the buddies. The buddy starts clocking hours and the buddy shows up at noon. So buddy earned three hours of fraudulent payroll. And you know, our largest customer now has got 44,000 employees. When they did the math, there was more than $2 million of estimated fraudulent payroll every year, right? So when we talked about digital identity and we shared our ideas with them, they said, there is a strong security component there that you're not highlighting. So it's not just convenience, right? So when we came from the hotel visitor experience, this is where I believe consumer and enterprise are different, right? We over-index on just the convenience part in our consumer life. Enterprises need to see business value in terms of savings or revenue generation. And we could hear customers with large hourly workforce articulate this pain point consistently so our first product was a tablet-based facial recognition product. We call it a smart reader, which turns any tablet, download the Oloid app, and the smart reader now becomes an authentication device. You can mount it on a door, you can mount it on a turnstile, and it will accurately identify the person. You can't hack it by putting a picture in front of it or playing a video on your phone because many of the technologies that were existing had the promise of facial recognition, but they were easily hackable. So we built a very robust product uh, based on the iPad platform, uh, using the iPad hardware. Uh, and then we started deploying this in factories in North America. We started with California factories, then we deployed in factories entire US, then we deployed in Mexico and Canada. So our initial, uh, what we call as uh, anchor customer, right, design partner, was a very large Fortune 500 manufacturing company. Hmm. Right. That's where I guess the paper hour, I mean, where you have a lot of paper hour jobs is where this makes sense, where the savings can be 
Yeah. We talked about mobile technology and they said, you know, in our factories, when our workers come in, we ask them to put their phone in a locker and then enter the factory, right? They are doing manufacturing for the government. They're doing manufacturing for high IP products. People can take pictures and, you know, IP can get compromised. So there's no mobile device on the floor. So we recognize that we have a very interesting problem statement. It aligns with our notion of digital identity. We are not you know, mobile sign-on for digital identity. We are single sign-on. So mobile is just one of the many ways of authentication. So that's where we take a broad vision and view of the world. And we said, let's start with a broad definition of how people authenticate themselves. Facial recognition is very credible for an hourly worker, whereas it's mobile access makes a lot of sense for a knowledge worker in the office. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I'm guessing facial recognition technology is not something that needs to be built from scratch. But it's been around for a couple of years that you would have been able to uh, plug and play some parts of it. That's right. Yeah. So we were able to take existing algorithms, partners to build a MVP pretty fast. And, and this is where you start discovering the hard problems. And hard problems are really good because that creates value, right? If we were to repackage somebody else's product and just put a skin on it, we are not delivering value, right? So we, I shared with you, we realized problems around presentation attacks, where somebody can put a picture and hack a camera, right? We recognize problems around what if connection goes away, the iPad loses Wi-Fi connection. It should still work. We recognize problems around how many data sets can you fit in an iPad? How do you do uh, memory optimization to make sure an iPad can have 20,000 uh, data set and it's not even connected to the cloud? So we solved some very interesting problems around integration, how data goes into a time and attendance system, data goes into a physical access control system. And that's the you know key thing you know for our listeners who think about consumer products and enterprise products. In enterprise products, People call them bells and whistles, but they are really enterprise-grade features which create value, right? Which customers appreciate and they say, yes, you're integrated with Workday, you're integrated with Kronos, you are bringing in this ready pre-integrated features which make my deployment very easy. So those were areas where we continue to add value, right? It's not the facial recognition engine per se, but packaging that into a comprehensive product. does this work with uh, masks? Like, you know, uh, there would have been that period where people would have been wearing masks. Uh, what uh, what happens then? Face masks. Yeah, so, you know, part of our selection of factories as our first go-to-market, honestly, Akshay, is we built this product in COVID times and offices were not open, right? Whereas factories were open, right? So this was also, you know... A, choice around responding to market realities during COVID. You know, the reality is factories never shut down. But having having said that, uh, we found that there were clear instructions if you could provide user experience where you could prompt people to quickly pull down the mask, like it worked very reliably. And uh, what is the uh, customer onboarding journey? Is it self-service for them? Like, because they need to give you the database of faces, right? So how does that happen? Yeah, the same tablet is also an onboarding device. So the admin can put the same tablet into onboarding mode for a new hire. So they walk the new hire, take them to the tablet and say, uh, I put that into onboarding mode, take their picture, they put in their worker ID and it gets smashed and it goes into our system. So it's a very easy onboarding. 
onboarding is an area where I think, you know, if you think about KYC onboarding into even B2C apps, today, self-onboarding is becoming very, very competent. It's the same thing with a product, right? Mm-hmm. We see a world where a new hire can use their own smartphone, take a selfie, do ID verification, gets onboarded into our system. So uh, this was product one. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I guess 2020 is you, uh, you were selling this product, the facial recognition access control. Okay. And how did it do? What kind of revenues were you seeing from it? How do you price this? Yeah, so it's a subscription model uh, based on number of employees. We do multi-year contracts. So it ends up being, you know, based on number of locations, number of employees, and then you do enterprise license. Quickly got to half a million in ARR with this product, right? And that's where we raised a round of funding. Uh, We raised a round of funding, pitching the entire vision of not just hourly workers, but also uh, office workers. So just to explain what I'm saying is, if you bring a phone to a door, your phone has Bluetooth. Hmm. The door locks don't have Bluetooth, right? And a big problem statement for any kind of disruption is how easy can you make for your customers to adopt the technology? So we uh, had this concept for which we had already applied a patent for, which is called retrofit mobile access because so far in the physical identity and access industry nobody has ever created a self-install product it is all professional installation an electrician type of trained person union labor will come in and pull wires and put hardware right we said we have the ability to self upgrade and self-install an existing door or turnstile and the customer can place the device on their existing hardware and it would retrofit it and make it Bluetooth compatible. So that's the product we started building after our funding. Uh, It is called MTAG, Mobile Tag. It's the first time I built hardware in my life as a founder, right? I've always been in software, but this felt like it's a marketing enabler, right? So we don't see ourselves as a hardware company. We see ourselves as a SaaS company. So we built a prototype of hardware, first in the world, a battery-powered device which snaps on an existing badge reader. So if we, when we go to offices, we swipe our card on these black devices which sit on the wall, it's called a badge reader. So we've built a universal adapter where you can put our hardware on top of that badge reader, it snaps on. And once it snaps on, it is able to communicate with the end user's mobile device over Bluetooth. And once that communication is established, it relays the badge ID to that underlying old badge reader as if you swiped your card. So actually you're using a phone, but it's emulating the action as if you swiped your card, right? Makes it totally frictionless, makes it very easy deployment, makes it universally uh, usable. So we built that prototype, we installed it, so, uh, how does the badge reader technology work? In what way does the badge communicate to the badge reader that this is my number? Yeah, so the badge has an antenna, and when you go take your badge towards a badge reader, that antenna gets excited and the electromagnetic energy energizes the hardware in your badge. It then transmits a set of uh, numbers in an encrypted manner 
over radio frequency. Okay, it's called RF technology. So this badge then sends it over radio frequency to the badge reader. The badge reader receives it and it decodes that unique ID of that badge, sends it to a backend system, and the backend system says, yes, this badge ID belongs to Akshay and Akshay has access to this door. Open the door. So the hardware you built, uh, I'll just ask this question, then you go for your test. Uh, the hardware you built, how did it know what is the encrypted message it needs to send to the badge reader? Because you're saying that there is an encrypted set of numbers being sent to the reader from the badge. Uh, how did your hardware figure out that this is the encrypted set of numbers I need to send? Yeah, so this is where integrations come into play, Akshay. So if, in enterprise, all of this data it's managed in a backend system called access control system. So if you are a new employee who joined an organization, then your badge ID, it is resident in a backend system called access control system. So we built integration with everybody from Linnell to Honeywell to Johnson Controls. And we had the ability to pull this data. If you're a new employee who got added to the system, we automatically, Onoid Cloud was able to sync that data. Right now, I know Akshay has been assigned this badge ID. Now I know I can send it over to Akshay's mobile app. Now I know this can be transmitted over Bluetooth to the badge reader. Right. So Honeywell had to agree to work with you for this uh, because, in a way, uh, it would be like hacking their system. Right. They could uh, put in place restrictions so that you don't. Uh, I mean, unless they actively cooperate with you, because in a way you're hacking their system, right? Yeah, I won't call it hacking your system. What I would say is it is synergistic at multiple levels, right? So these access control systems, they are on-premise, very hard to integrate with, and customers are demanding integrations, right? Without all of it, it is hard for a customer to make their Honeywell access control system, sync with Workday, sync with Active Directory. From a customer standpoint, they have two choices. They could say, hey, I've had this Linnell system or Honeywell or Johnson control systems for 20 years. It doesn't have the latest features or integrations. I'm going to get rid of it and replace it with something totally new and modern. Or they have a choice of, I keep my existing investments, put Oloid on top, and then it becomes a full complete solution. I don't have to rip and replace. So obviously it's very cost effective for the customer, but from you know Honeywell or Johnson Control, you're securing your customer base through a partnership. Amazing. So that was uh, your solution to integrating with the existing enterprise uh, tech or enterprise stack. So you can just build on top of that. So uh, what is your uh, what has been your go-to market uh, for both of these products? Yeah. So our markets are large employers of hourly customers and workplaces and the workplaces are serving uh, knowledge workers right? knowledge workers use our mobile solution and how the workers use our facial recognition solution so for uh, our mobile solution we have partnered with channels and system integrators every industry has a certain industry structure and if you look at physical identity access building management facilities right they are very deeply entrenched players whose systems you know, are very hard to replace, right? We, we are not in the replacement game, we're in the augmentation game. 
So we are constantly increasing a set of integrations on the technology side and GTM partnerships on the channel side. So we continue to uh, push for all the building use cases almost exclusively through channel. For the large enterprise hourly worker use case, it's more of a CIO, CISO sell, top-down selling, more of an account-based motion where we have set of top 50 manufacturers in the US, right? We're looking at additional verticals adding this year. And we are going direct. We are going direct, you know, very similar to how we had built the enterprise sales motion at Mindicle. Uh, the vice president of sales at Mindicle actually joined me to help me build this out. The head of solutions consulting at Mindicle, he had joined another company and he came over to help build out the uh, solutions consulting practice. So it's a you know still a small team where they have more than a decade experience of working together and building enterprise go to market. So you know I shared with you that we had a large manufacturing customer who was our initial design partner. They are forty four thousand workers right now. We recently brought on a hundred and ten thousand employee uh, food manufacturing company as a customer. Right. So each of these deals end up being seven figures plus and uh, you know require several months of committed effort of working and partnering with the customer it's a very high touch sales which i enjoy building okay interesting the uh, uh, mobile access product uh, uh, what kind of partners are these like these are uh, like civil uh, contractors or uh, like people in the civil engineering field who would help in building fit outs and all uh, who would uh, kind of recommend your product to uh, buildings um, so our market is existing buildings not new installations so we're not going after new buildings right uh, existing buildings have uh, existing badge infrastructure so they have you know the back and access control systems they have wiring and whatnot so there are companies called system integrators who manage this on an annual contract right so these are not civil companies right they are you know uh, certified installers and technicians and many of these roll up into working with a large vendor like Honeywell right there'll be I'm part of the Honeywell ecosystem I'm part of the Linnell ecosystem or Johnson controls ecosystem right so we're not going to individual installers we are going to the large you know players in this and then we're forging partnerships at that level and once we forge a partnership with Honeywell, as an example, we get access to their 200 regional uh, distributors and installers. Okay. So you said this device was uh, battery powered. Uh, does that battery, is it like a chargeable device or it has like that pencil cell which you can just replace? Or Yeah, so today this comes with a two to three year battery life, which is self-replaceable. So it is a standard battery that can be replaced by the customer themselves. We, we are, you know, on version one of our product. In fact, you know, in terms of timeline and chronology, we had built the prototype, was with a few beta customers, then we raised the Series A. And part of the use of the funds was to productize it, right? Go from uh, subscale lab manufacture devices for prototypes into large-scale contract manufacture devices so we have launched the version one of our production level hardware uh 
version 2 is in the works which will support many capabilities like supporting the apple wallet also uh, energy harnessed battery where you don't have to replace the battery so yeah form factor improvements so this a very interesting roadmap we're pursuing around the version 2 of the product okay so what is an energy harnessed battery so where when you mount it on a badge reader it is constantly getting charged through electromagnetic rays the user, the employee, uh, they need to have an uh, Oloid app for the Bluetooth to work or how does it happen for them? Yeah, so today they do require an Oloid app. Uh, we have the ability to provide an SDK. So if the company had their own app or if they were using, let's say, a visitor management app, this could be embedded inside it. We are also planning to support wallets. So once the wallet support is there, I don't need an app. My op- Apple wallet could be the key to my door for mobile access, my Samsung wallet or Google wallet. You know, it'd be a very similar experience to how we do mobile payments with our Apple Watch. We don't need an app for that. that that's the direction in which the industry is going and we are going as well. For uh, this device, you could like directly be selling to, say, Viva kind of uh, businesses which are in the uh, like co-working space. Yeah, we've already installed this product in co-working spaces. Right. I think uh, WeWork obviously would be one of our uh, prized prospects because of their scale and footprint. Right, It has huge benefit for single-tenant buildings. Uh, I think wherever there is commonly accessed infrastructure, issuing badges is a big pain point. I have one badge for the elevator, one badge for the turnstile at the entry and then I have one for my office right it just and then add to it I have three offices and I'm shuttling between offices right? it's a big pain point providing digital mobile access alleviates a lot of those user experience pain points in addition to the backend data right just think about it if I want to do occupancy assessment of my three buildings which is very important these days how many people are actually coming to the office Pulling this data from an old on-premise system is very hard. I have to do, do Excel downloads from a Windows server. So there's a lot of backend modernization benefits, not just, like you said, you know, removing the friction for the user. So you could actually help companies to design better workspaces because they would be able to run some analytics on uh, what are the most used spaces in a building or uh, what days do most people come in and stuff like that. Okay, okay. So, uh, would this also uh, work as a visitor management? Uh, is that on your roadmap? Like, you know, every time you go to a corporate office, they, uh, especially in India, like they would, those DLF buildings that go down. So, we already integrate with visitor management systems. We're not in the visitor management space, right? We don't build that application for our customers. But if our customer has an Envoy or a Veris or a sign visitor management system, then we integrate with those, right? A uh, person can go to a building, uh, use Veris to fill out their form on a tablet. It will create temporary badge ID credentials, which can be downloaded on their phone. Okay. Uh, do you also see opportunity in uh, the apartment tech space? You know, like there are these companies like say MyGate. Geo also, Reliance also has something called GeoGate and so on, which again help in visitor management, access control for the residents and so on. So from a technology stack standpoint, the answer is yes. This does extend itself into large managed apartment home communities. Uh, in fact, 
few of our competitors already serve commercial and they also serve residential. From a go-to-market standpoint, you know, I am a big fan of focus, at least in the early years. The buyer's buying process ends up being very different. The pitch ends up being very different compared to the enterprise. We've built deep enterprise integrations, right? We have more integrations than any of our equivalent or comparable competing products. So we want to play to our strengths. So there's 72 million doors just in North America, right, in the commercial real estate. So we've not, you know, even tapped into single digit percentages. Right now, we see ourselves focusing almost exclusively on the workplace and enterprise and winning and becoming a very clear leader in that market. Okay. Give me some estimation of your earning or, you know, what what do you expect to close this year at? And... Yeah. No, so we've grown by 300% last year. We're going to grow by the same measure this year, right? So we're going to be like a 5 million ARR company in the coming year, right? What's on the roadmap for Oloid? Uh, uh, would you look at uh, merging of physical digital access and, you know, like eliminating passwords? Uh, like I, I've been reading for the last 10 years about different companies who want to eliminate passwords. Uh, is that on your roadmap also? Yeah, that's happening already, Akshay. So Okta Ventures is an investor in Oloid. Uh, with them, we have been working on a joint solution where any Okta customer can bring Oloid into their mix, just like Honeywell brings in as an add-on. And with uh, Okta employees who already have their face onboarded into our system can not only use it at the door, but they can also use it to sign into Okta. With biometric identity, you can actually create username less and passwordless. So it's a level further in terms of uh, the ease of use. Uh, our target market is, as I shared with you, large employers of hourly workforce, but they don't have smartphones. So today, there are really good solutions for passwordless using the mobile device. Right? Hourly workers, factory workers, they don't have the luxury of, you know, having data or a device handy or a company provided device. Fascinating. Yeah. And that brings us to the end of this conversation. I want to ask you for a favor now. Did you like listening to the show? I'd love to hear your feedback about it. Do you have your own startup ideas? I'd love to hear them. Do you have questions for any of the guests that you heard about in the show? I'd love to get your questions and pass them on to the guests. Write to me at ad at the podium dot in. That's ad at t h e p o d i u m dot in.